Hey everybody, welcome back to Radio Gripe. Uh, I'm your host. Uh, one of your hosts. That's alright, you can be the host. <laughs> no. I, I'm just here. Okay. I live here, so well, I, I can't escape. I'm Joe. I'm Jen. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, this is our weekly general discussion podcast show radio thing uh, that I'm, I guess, feeling pretty uncomfortable about because we took a hiatus and so I'm trying to find the right energy and I don't know what it is, uh, which is, I guess, Joe's, pretty standard. Joe's on that emotional seesaw. I'm on my fourth cup of coffee of the morning. Fifth? I don't know. And I'm on my third cup of kratom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Throw this out there right at the top, just so I don't have to think about it. The opinions expressed here on Radio Gripe don't reflect the opinions expressed by KBSR or any of us other people. So uh, if you have anything that you want to say about what we say, we have an email. It's we're trying show at gmail.com. Yeah, I would love to hear this. <laughs> I would love to hear it. And also there's an Instagram radio gripe TX. We've received emails from time to time, uh, but it's not an often thing. So it's like kind of maybe a contentious thing that we even have an email or expect anything out of it. Um, you guys like the, the mailbag sting, right? I do. Yeah, um, we'll we'll go ahead and peek into the mailbag real quick. Hey, I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. I get them bags in the mail. Forget all celery tail. And it's yeah, it's fucking empty. That's the last time you're gonna hear that mm. until we get an email. Yep. So say goodbye. Well, so anyway, um, let's get straight into the show. Uh, yeah, we usually like to start off talking about what we've been learning, living, loving, laughing about, laughing. Yeah, I don't know what I got. I took a little break in between the multiple projects I've been working on this weekend for some Reddit and some TikTok. And I just want to say I've noticed this TikTok trend. Uh, it's not kids so much as it is adults that I've noticed. And it's something I love to hate watch. Uh, the Pixar face. Have you seen this, Joe? Nope. Where a content creator is heavily animating their face and their gestures to look like a Pixar princess. Hmm. Or Prince. Okay. To be a, a living cartoon. It makes me very uncomfortable. But when I see one that's that's enthusiastically executed, I'll watch it like three times in a row. Because I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? I get it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I haven't seen the videos, but I can understand the sentiment. <sighs> Just waiting for that comment to come. Yeah. Uh, I imagine they're probably doing that sincerely, too, which is the thing that sucks about it. I think the problem is there's too many theater kids that were never bullied when they were young. And that's <laughs> a problem in society. Uh, Sorry, go on. There's your, there's your hot take for the first five minutes. Um, for me, a uh, new thing. I don't know. I got in, I've started getting into this band, uh, Royal Thunder. Uh, you know, good name. Psych Rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got some good stuff and uh, some killer vocals, and uh, maybe we'll throw a track in here so you can kind of so you can feel me. Maybe Royal not right Thunder. here, but somewhere here. We'll put them on the interstitial before we get into the hard-hitting news of the week. Whatever it's going to be, yeah. Um, Joe and I have been playing some new video games. Um, mm -hmm. I've been playing one that actually came out in 2015, uh, sort of a narrative-driven game. Um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, where I'm wandering around in idyllic uh, English countryside village and uh, trying to figure out what terrible things occurred here and what happened to um, all the people hmm. and um, 
yeah, it's kind of peaceful, and I like it. Yeah. Joe uh, has just downloaded. I've been playing Everybody Dung Got Raptured. It's kind of the same thing, but it takes place in the South. <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of uh, wild dogs left over everywhere. Um, and just kudzu has grown over everything. Yeah. No, in I am. Um, in the week since people <laughs> have disappeared. Well, I also picked up uh, kind of an older game. I downloaded a couple of really cool looking games, but the only one that I've started, and this is dumb, I'm starting with uh, Fallout 4, uh, which, you know, I guess once you do that, you kind of just dedicate yourself to doing that for the next like couple of months of your gaming experience, whatever you get. It's a full-time job. Yeah, pretty much. So, I don't know. We'll kind of see how it goes. I'll play it a little bit. I'll get tired of it. I'll do something else. And, uh, yeah. I'm a little late to games sometimes, but uh, we, we like getting into uh, random indies, and uh, I like the big open world, fuck around, do whatever kind of stuff, so, yeah. yeah I was telling Joe, it looks like, I don't know, it looks like Bethesda kind of has a brand, which is like a post-apocalypse, you know, mm. that is a period piece, sort of, it's a... Uh, you know, obviously Fallout is taking place in, um, you know, the what would you call it? The nuclear era, mid-century, uh, you know, mid-20th century. Yeah, I guess like the atomic era. The atomic era, yeah. as they say. And I love stuff like that. And I really loved, um, oh, and I loved Bioshock. Uh, both of the Bioshocks yeah. were great. <clears throat> but I was telling Joe, I feel like there's too many video games that are, that come, that I purposely seek out that are so reminiscent they're so identical to what I do all day for money anyway, like what I do for a living, <laughs> which is like wandering around, killing bugs, going into people's backyards and poking around when they're not there. <laughs> I think my next game that I should play should be something like, you know, more like the Kardashian lifestyle, hmm. you know, where you're just living, okay. you're living that life because that's not a life that I'm familiar with. I think that would be a lot of fun for me. So you want, you want second life. I guess you want so. Second Life, where you can but just... with all the money and all the resources. Okay. Uh, Second Life, or is, is it Sims? Uh, I want Sims as the Kardashians, but it has to be Sims as Kardashians would be more attainable, but it would also be, I mean, just kind of wacky. It's the Sims. And the final boss is Body Dysmorphia. <laughs> that's that's what the, the the monster that you have to defeat. Well, that's that's the standard one for the Sims, actually. Standard <laughs> boss. I just wanted to get that dig in because I feel like they're ruining society with all of their money and all of their body dysmorphia. Nobody wanted to look like Michael Jackson, but everybody wants to look like the Kardashians and they're all having what they call BB, BBLs, Brazilian butt lifts, mm. which apparently is a very deadly procedure in order to get that unnatural body type where you've got a wasp waist, big hips and a big ass right, and, and big old titties. And like obviously back, there have been periods in history where a waspy big titted big butted woman is with a tiny tiny little waist is in fashion you know right but we used to use people used to be more clothed and so you right. would use corsets, corsets in fashion in order to achieve that look and now everybody's naked <laughs> publicly right. yeah and so in order to achieve that look you don't use fashion you actually hacking away at their bodies. body pull yeah. pull all the fat out of the, your middle section and inject it into your butt cheeks and, and thighs and um apparently this type of subdermal application even if it's your own body fat and not silicon or mm -hmm. something 
it's, I think, above the nerve line. or It's below your dermis, but above the nerve line or something. Hmm. And so it's extremely painful and your body can reject it and it can shift. And apparently a lot of people have died. Um, hmm. Even not going to back alley surgeons, but... Back to, alley butt surgeons. Right. Yeah, I mean, just back alley butt surgeons are nothing to joke about. It's, uh, it's yeah. a shit show. Yeah. time like the present to get into uh, the top stories of the week this is a little segment that we do that is actually the bulk of the show wherein we talk about current events mostly um i've got more future hacks coming up later if that's a thing oh, um, yeah that's our new thing yeah email me with your future hacks and uh, if you feel like trying any of these out and let me know about how the results how it's panning out for you and everything else uh yeah, we're trying to show at gmail.com, subject line, future hacks. Yeah, now is definitely going to be the time to troubleshoot and workshop your future hacks. Yeah. If anything, the show is trending more towards uh, embracing the impending uh, collapse. Um, so, yeah, we'll still talk about politics and the weekend news because it's fun. It's, it's funny. If so anything, it's, much it's fun, fun to yeah. talk about the news. So, um, 
I had noticed this uh, maybe actually a week or so ago. There's a, there's an app uh, that you can get on your phone in, in tech world over here. It's an app called Citizen. It's a service. It was uh, formerly known as Vigilante. Uh, they had a cash influx a couple of years ago. So they started just going buck wild. Um, it's an app that people can pay to use to have someone call the police for you. So it started as like kind of this crowdsourced police scanner, uh, which would let people post videos and whatnot of crimes and suspicious people. And over the last four years, uh, they've been throwing surveillance state ideas at the wall to see what sticks. And this is the new thing. It's a paid service. Uh, it's 20 fucking dollars a month, if you can believe that, uh, that connects you to an operator of sorts. It's just one of their agents who will talk through things with you and, I don't know, give you give you tips on what to do in a, a situation that you're in and uh, eventually call police or emergency services if needed, right? Um, so it might sound unnecessary because you can call 911 for free, right? right? But here's how they earned that $20. They have an algorithm that will listen in on your phone's microphone and reach out if they hear anything of note, like screams. Screams was mentioned several times in the uh, like the uh, Gizmodo article that I read mm. about it. It's uh, they're like you know for example a scream. So if you scream, your your app will kick on, or if it just hears anything loud that it thinks is suspicious, it will automatically start monitoring you. It'll send you an alert that you have to confirm that you're okay or that you're in danger. And if they don't get a response from that, then they might actually call emergency services on your behalf, depending on your settings. So this is actually an interesting idea um, because they offer also like a text only service. So if let's say you are in um, a domestic violence situation and you can't like easily access your phone to reach out, if your phone actually kicks on and tries to check in with you and you don't interact with it and that triggers a response, but I mean, you got a whole lot of like misfires, uh, potential for a whole lot of misfires. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you do. And yeah, I'm, I guess my mind is kind of racing with all the different situations. You, you might be a, a person who lives a high risk lifestyle for various reasons. Maybe you've got a stalker, or yeah. uh, you know, you have a you have a dangerous job that's not in law enforcement or something where you're not in contact with other people. Right. Right. Um, where this could be a very useful service to you. On the other hand. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine how there's infrastructure for this that you would call emergency that that it would call they have a call center that would then relay you to emergency services yeah. so they have their own yeah. call center that this this operator acts as a go-between and saying this is the information we have this is the location we have mm -hmm. and they can choose whether or not i guess they want to respond to it theoretically it's there's not going to be a lot of false positives when it comes to kids screaming as they do or car backfire sounds it's hard to say because they're this is one of those things that's just like last week we talked about shot spotter this is an app that has microphones all over cities trying to detect gunfire and it's wildly inaccurate right uh and it's being used to lock people up and the company that, that is behind it and it's been manipulated is not they're not transparent at all they're not like letting people kind of look at how it works um yeah, this is kind of like in the same vein of that, but it's like on your own phone in your own house. This is, yeah, this is some truly surveillance state yeah. shit. I don't want to have like a knee-jerk Luddite reaction, but I mean, yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah. It, it kind of makes you see the, the direction, I guess, we're headed on the whole. I mean, uh, 
yeah, we've we've talked about like uh, the Internet of Things and uh, like the, uh, the the connectivity. Like like what is the age? We're not in the atomic age anymore. The silicon age anymore. Um, even the information age. I feel like that's we've taken a step past just having access to information at this point. It's like the data age or like we're, we're doing something else now with like this idea of uh, fucking omniscience through technology. It's weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I know what age we're in uh, insofar as geologically we're in the Anthropocene. Um, as you keep saying. The, so- the late days of it. <laughs> yeah. Some years back. We're going to be out there. We're going to be at the top layer of that. uh <laughs> Of that sediment whenever it gets dug up thousands of years from now. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, buried under a mountain of plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I had read David Eggers' The Circle some years ago. Did you read that? Yeah, yeah. They made a movie out of it. I heard that the movie was not good, so I didn't see it. Same. The book had mixed reviews, um, but I really liked it. I don't know if any of y'all have read it. You know, the this circle, uh, <clears throat> you know, the social media slash <clears throat> bunch of other stuff, uh, you know, the, the all in one social media corporation. It's kind of like yeah. a combination of Facebook and Amazon and Google, and Google like all, all rolled into one. Yeah. Um, this tech company that our protagonist goes to work for. And um, I definitely sympathized with the uh, character of the, the ex-boyfriend who does not want to live in a surveillance state and right. increasingly is, is forced to and kind of goes kamikaze as a result of it, loses his shit. Yeah, yeah, that was um, wild. Kind of like dies in a sort of paparazzi chase or, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Oh, God, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Um, well, that book has been out for nine, uh, some years. They've already, years. They've already made a bad movie years, about so. it. It's fine. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think this is a crazy off the wall future scenario um, right. that Dave Eggers has imagined at all. Yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of like in the soft dystopia right now. Um, also, uh, just wanted to point out this uh, kind of fun thing that I heard about. There's an uh, over there in Scotland, an attorney in Scotland asked a judge for an unexplained wealth order. Uh, that's also known as a McMafia order. He asked for that in relation to a couple resorts owned by former reality TV asshat DJ Trump. Essentially, because, uh, what's his name, Alan, Alan Weisselberg? Alan Parsons. I couldn't remember if it was Alan or Alex or Alice. I don't know. Uh, he was, you know, arrested and charged with like 15 different counts and a lot of it tax evasion and different things. Uh, he's the guy that helped operate those two golf courses and uh, like resorts in Scotland. So considering that the properties were purchased with cash and have reported losses continuously for several years, and then this guy's being arrested for all kinds of financial crimes, um, there's been a lot of money borrowed for these properties. Nothing's getting paid back to the lenders. Uh, The whole thing kind of looks like either a big laundering scheme or some other kind of financial fuckery. So because of the New York case attorneys in scotland are now looking at same properties properties owned and operated by the same people to see if they can start getting those cases against uh weisselberg and probably trump and mm-hmm. his organization too which i just wanted to bring up because if there is anybody that you get a picture of when you hear the term mcmafia 
it should probably be Donald Trump. <laughs> like, that's the idea behind, like, McMansions and this, like, quickly built, shoddily constructed, nothing, just all artifice. Representation of, of so-called wealth. Yeah, yeah. And, and of so-called fucking crime and everything else. Like, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I just thought that that was pretty hilarious. I wanted to bring up that. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah, Trump. Trump is like our dog. Um, dirt don't dirt don't stick to him. Just slides right off. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping I was going to have to say that uh, our dog is not like Trump in any way, which I, I think is. She's well. She's orange, and <laughs> whatever she rolls in just slides right off. Yeah. Uh, she's her fur is like Teflon. Uh, she is. She find she got wild. a ba- she got a bath for the first time in a long time yesterday, and. She hates it, but I think she's yeah. better for it. She does. She normally skillfully avoids ever getting a bath by just keeping herself super fastidious. I've seen her roll in the mud, and it's, I don't know where it goes, but it's all gone it's all five gone. minutes later. Yeah. She's, a, she's a Teflon dog. So I kind of wanted to talk about this last week and did not. Uh, we'll talk about it this time, uh, this show. The hearing uh, of the House Select Committee um, on the uh, January 6th Capitol Hill insurrection they called, uh, they heard, uh, last week they heard the testimony of four witnesses that are all uh, Capitol Hill or D.C. police. Mm-hmm. You said you had heard uh, some of these testimonies? Yeah, I had, I had heard some, um, basically some sound bites and seen some portions of video of uh, the different testimonies. And also a little bit of, uh, who is it, Fanon, that I think mm-hmm. was questioned about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they interviewed some of the people that we've seen from some of the the video uh, of the event, too. The guy that was crushed in the... Hold on, I think I have their names. I think it was Daniel Hodges, who was the guy who was we saw crushed in the hallway uh, mm-hmm. as the mob kept surging forward. And we saw the guy in the front um, beating him, and then he tries to tear off his mask, and you just hear you know guttural yelling and screaming and the whole crowd is yelling heave and you can see his body being crushed um that was really really upsetting footage that we saw he took the stand and testified about his experiences harry dunn harry dunn was uh, i believe the one that went on the uh kind of run through the hallway good that's what i was going to verify we saw saw the footage of uh, a heroic uh capital cop who misdirected the mob you can see him face a face them at the bottom of the stairs where he's i guess telling them go back down go back down they they don't listen and end up chasing him up the stairs and he ends up misdirecting them or directing them away um as they chase him to um away from uh where we now know people were receiving treatment for uh chemical burns um just on the other end of the hallway and um his testimony is Honestly, I don't know how you can listen to this if you have any humanity and not feel for these people and what they went through. And he had the, you know, it was one of the many black Capitol Hill cops who had the the bonus, uh, in addition to his life being threatened in all this chaos of um, having racial racist slurs hurled at him repeatedly, right. chanted by the crowd. I think you need to hear about it in their own in their own words. But but before I play before I play their voices. Simultaneous uh, to this to this hearing where these folks testified, uh, 
Cut to across town in front of the Department of Justice, uh, the Trump Republicans holding a press conference um, in which they called the arrested individuals political prisoners. They Mm. repeatedly referred to the rioters as patriots. Uh, In contrast to Fanon, uh, who repeatedly refers to them as terrorists, um, a couple of the a couple of them do, and I, you know I would guess that's a call that you can make when you are um, being assaulted by them, uh, yeah. basically being assaulted by by when you're a, I mean a group of people for uh, for a specific political purpose, which is to overturn the election. When you're an elected like uh, or hired peacekeeper, uh, yeah, I think that when you are in, <laughs> in active combat against these people, right, you probably know best what to christen them as, uh, yeah. whether it's Patriots, protesters, uh, rioters, insurrectionists, or fucking terrorists, as right. he does. Yeah. Yeah. So the Trump Republicans, they, they definitely don't want this hearing to occur because this you know, it doesn't look good for their party. It doesn't really, you know, Mm-mm. it's not really a win for them to pursue this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's but, a way to say it. So they've tried to, they've tried to martyr um, Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. Um, and anybody and any other uh, rioters on that day who were who were injured, um, there have been, anybody uh, who's been arrested, they are political prisoners who uh, who are unfairly uh, confined in the criminal justice system right now simply for vocalizing their support of Trump. Because what happened was not a fucking insurrection, let alone you know a riot. Or it wasn't a riot, let alone an insurrection. Um, in fact, it was uh, it, enthusiastic. Hmm. Patriots, patriotic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. supporters of Trump, uh, peacefully meeting on Capitol grounds. Really, no different a day than uh, any any tour- tourist day at the Capitol. I mean, they. The thing is that they were super, super enthusiastic. You got to lean on that because they're they're basically like a bunch of puppies mm-hmm. running around, actually destroying property and things like that, urinating on things. Uh, no, that was. I mean, that was Antifa who, who was doing all that. Uh, the Patriots were, uh, you just know, taking selfies. they were just there. Yeah. Um, that's the narrative that um, they're they're trying to spin. Yeah. And we can't live. We can't we can't let it happen because we you have to hear from the people that were there. You have to look with your own fucking eyes at the footage. You can't let people rewrite history. Right. <laughs> you can't let them just make up whatever the fuck they want that's politically politically expedient for them yeah yeah it's fucking absurd um i'm i mean i'm not surprised at all by the fact that republicans will not own to this and that after you know just a couple of weeks like at first uh you know a good handful of them wanted to cry what happened and everything and then after a few weeks they're they're back to playing that, to to the base and the fucking Trump followers. Greed. Uh, yeah, and, and the alternate reality starts to set in. You tell yourself whatever you need to believe to to justify your past actions, mm. present and future. So this enthusiastic protest, as we know, by a group of patriots, um, resulted in uh, hundreds of injuries. Mm. Uh, you know, massive destruction of property. And five deaths, and uh, there were two suicides uh, immediately in the aftermath of Capitol Police. There have been two more in recent months. Mm-hmm. That's a total of four cops who have who were first responders to the scene, who have since taken their own lives. Right. People with families, 
have taken their own lives. And and maybe this will get the conspiracy theorists going, oh, you know, what did they know? What did they know? Oh, yeah. right? You know, what? You know, someone's decision to take their own life, you, you can never really fully know what's going on in their heads. It's not it's not a rational decision as we think of, you know, using our rational minds to make those kind of choices. We can't know what kind of pain people are going through and all, all the complex factors. But if you listen to the testimonies of these four officers that I'm about to play, it might help shed a little bit of light on the why, on the trauma that, that people have been dealing with in the aftermath uh, of this event. To be honest, I did not recognize my fellow citizens who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, or the United States that they claimed to represent. When I was 25 years old, and then a sergeant in the Army, I had deployed to Iraq for Operation Iraqi Freedom. From time to time, I volunteered to travel on IED-infested roads to conduct supply missions. But on January 6th, for the first time, I was more afraid to work at the Capitol than my entire deployment to Iraq. In Iraq, we spent the armed violence because we were in a war zone, but nothing in my experience in the Army or as a law enforcement officer prepared me for what we confronted on January 6th. The verbal assaults and disrespect we endured from the rioters were bad enough. I was falsely accused of betraying my oath, of choosing my paycheck, choosing my paycheck over my loyalty to the U.S. Constitution. Even as I defended the very democratic process that protected everyone in the hostile crowd, the writers called me a traitor, a disgrace, and shouted that I, I, an army veteran and a police officer should be executed. As we came close to the terrace, our line was divided and we came under attack. A man attempted to rip the baton from my hands and we wrestled for control. I retained my weapon after I pushed him back. He yelled at me, you're on the wrong team. Cut off from our leadership, which was at the front of our formation, we huddled up and assessed the threats surrounding us. One man tried and failed to build a rapport with me, shouting, are you my brother? Another takes a different tack, shouting, you will die on your knees. I was at the front of our group and determined we had to push our way through the crowd in order to join the defense proper. So I began shouting, make way, as I forged ahead, hoping that I'm clearing a path for others behind me to follow. However, as I looked back, I saw that the rest of the group came under attack and were unable to follow. To my perpetual confusion, I saw the thin blue line flag a symbol of support for law enforcement more than once being carried by the terrorists as they ignored our commands and continued to assault us. Directly in front of me, a man seized the opportunity of my vulnerability, he grabbed the front of my gas mask and used it to beat my head against the door. He switched to pulling it off my head, the straps stretching against my skull and straining my neck. He never uttered any words I recognized, but opted instead for guttural screams. I remember him foaming at the mouth. He also put his cell phone in his mouth so they had both hands free to assault me. Eventually, he succeeded in stripping away my gas mask and a new rush of exposure to CS and OC spray hit me. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting, heave, ho, as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal doorframe. 
The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. At this point, I knew I couldn't sustain much more damage and remain upright. At best, I would collapse and be a liability to my colleagues. At worst, be dragged out into the crowd and lynched. I decided to stand my ground there to prevent any rioters from heading down the stairs to the Lower West Terrace entrance because that's where officers were getting decontamination aid and were, and were particularly vulnerable. At the top of the stairs, I confronted a group of insurrectionists warning them do not go back, go down those steps. One of them shouted, keep moving patriots. Another displayed what looked like a law enforcement badge and told me we're doing this for you. More and more insurrectionists were pouring into the area by the speaker's lobby near the rotunda. I told them to just leave the Capitol, and in response, they yelled, no man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. We're here to stop this deal. Joe Biden is not the president. Nobody voted for Joe Biden. I'm a law enforcement officer, and I do my best to keep politics out of my job. But in this circumstance, I responded. Well, I voted for Joe Biden. Does my vote not count? Am I nobody? <sighs> that prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo! No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. In the days following the attempted insurrection, other black officers shared with me their own stories of racial abuse on January 6th. More than six months later, January 6th still isn't over for me. I've had to avail myself of multiple counseling sessions from the Capitol Police Employee Assistance Program and I'm now receiving private counseling therapy for the persistent emotional trauma of that day. I know so many other officers continue to hurt, both physically and emotionally. In this line of work, it probably won't shock you to know that I've dealt with some dicey situations. I thought I had seen it all, many times over. Yet what I witnessed and experienced on January 6, 2021 was unlike anything I had ever seen. Anything I had ever experienced or could have imagined in my country. On that day, I participated in the defense of the United States Capitol from an armed mob, an armed mob of thousands determined to get inside because I was among the vastly outnumbered group of law enforcement officers protecting the Capitol and the people inside it. I was grabbed, beaten, tased, all while being called a traitor to my country. I was at risk of being stripped of and killed with my own firearm as I heard chants of kill him with his own gun. I could still hear those words in my head today. I was aware enough to recognize I was at risk of being stripped of and killed with my own firearm. I was electrocuted, 
again and again and again with a taser. I'm sure I was screaming, but I don't think I could even hear my own voice. I thought of my four daughters who might lose their dad. I remain grateful that no member of Congress had to go through the violent assault that I experienced that day. During the assault, I thought about using my firearm on my attackers, but I knew that if I did, I would be quickly overwhelmed. And that in their minds would provide them with the justification for killing me. So I instead decided to appeal to the, any humanity they might have. As my physical injuries gradually subsided and the adrenaline that had stayed with me for weeks waned, I've been left with the psychological trauma and the emotional anxiety of having survived such a horrific event. And my children continue to deal with the trauma of nearly losing their dad that day. What makes the struggle harder and more painful is to know so many of my fellow citizens including so many of the people I put my life at risk to defend are downplaying or outright denying what happened. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. So, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to say on a, a related note, uh, when it comes to alternate versions of reality, um, there was an anonymous um, Redditor, Reddit account that posted on um, QAnon casualties, a Reddit forum for people, loved ones of people that have kind of fallen down the Q hole and um, uh, offer each other support and stuff. Um and this post blew up, um, so he ended up uh, interviewing with Vice News. They kept him anonymous. They said they verified his identity as a former um, Stoneman uh, Douglas High student who was present at the mass shooting. Hmm. And um, but they did. He didn't want to reveal his identity. He didn't want to get doxxed by conspiracy I mean, theorists. Makes weirdos. sense. But yeah, he had posted to Q casualties his story. 
I survived the Stoneman Douglas school shooting and my dad is suddenly convinced I'm a liar and part of a false flag operation. So this has got to be extremely painful for this young man. Um, uh, got to get this off my chest. I think my dad has gone fucking insane. It's going way too far and I have trouble processing the last five months. He's always been very conservative, but now QAnon has consumed his life to the point where it's tearing our family apart along with my mental health. Back in January, he saw the video of Marjorie Taylor Greene harassing David Hogg, uh, which we played on the show as an aside, uh, about the shooting being a false flag operation. And while my dad was already into Q, he'd never gone down that particular rabbit hole. Now he's convinced that everything was a hoax and it breaks my fucking heart. He's done extensive research on body language. He claims he can tell the shooter is a radical commie actor who was paid to sacrifice his life in order to remove our guns. What's really fucked is that he knows I never want to hear about him or see his face ever again. I've been very clear on that. And I always leave the room when he's still living with his parents. Yeah. Although he's trying to leave the house, he says. Uh, He says... Early on, even burgundy-colored T-shirts, which is what the shooter wore, his dad knows that those shirt, that color shirt, makes him feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. in the aftermath of this, and so doesn't doesn't wear that color. So he was supportive and empathetic initially, but since January, he's been on this road where now he says now he'll say stuff straight to my face, um, like you're a real piece of work to be able to sit here and act like nothing ever happened. It, it wasn't a hoax. Shame on you for being part of it and putting your family through it too. Fucking Christ. To his own, to his own son. And you know, his son says at some point, I tried to remind him to look back at the texts I sent when I was 100% sure the shooter was about to enter our classroom. And I asked him to look me in my eyes and still argue that I faked what I wrote in those messages. Mm. Um, but no luck, no luck. So, I mean, that's fucking, that's fucking heartbreaking, uh, if yeah. true, which I, I guess I have reason to believe that it is. Even somebody that was that close, you know, to, it just goes to show the way that you're, when your perception of reality is warped to this degree. Mm-hmm. Um, Any, anything that you used to know as a truth, people that you used to people you used respect to love. because you've spent your entire life with them. None of that matters anymore uh, in in light of this new truth that you have found. I mean, people get become increasingly isolated. They lose their family and friends. Mm-hmm. In this case, actively pushing them away and yeah. and re-traumatizing them after what he's been through. So fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. And fuck Marjorie Taylor Greene for being fuck so many people here, but yeah, these these people really. that are really out for themselves. I don't know if she's a true believer, but. Uh, I think she is. I think that she is uh, certifiable. <laughs> and yeah, she probably wholeheartedly uh, backs up uh, Q. And who knows what falls under that umbrella that, that she also believes. You know what I mean? Hey everybody, this is Joe with a really quick station break for you. I just wanted to take a moment to say thanks for listening to our show, and thanks for listening to KBSR, Black Sparrow Digital Radio. You know how we do it here, Black Sparrow is independently ran and listener supported, so you can go be part of our Patreon community if you like what you see in here, here and there. 
And uh, yeah, is uh, go search for Black Sparrow Radio on Patreon, or you can go to blacksparrowmusicparlor.com. There's a link there, and then there's also the radio streaming 24/7. There's the calendar or the schedule that'll show you when that'll show you who's on and when they're on, and all that good stuff. And uh, it'll probably give you a link to all the live events at the Black Sparrow venue, which is up and operating here in Taylor, Texas. Yeah, go do all that stuff. Also, go check out our Instagram, RadioGripeTX, and uh, hit us up with an email at weirdtryingshow at gmail.com, you fucking cowards. Uh, also, just uh, in case I forget, I just always want to give thanks to our man Trev Wren, who just celebrated a birthday of uh, the Mental State Fair uh, for Use of That Theme Song Dying in Texas, and Alex from Spectrostatic. Thanks so much, you guys, for giving us your music. Alright, well, that's all I really need to say right now. Let's get back to the show. I had thought of something else, too, and I I was going to just bring this up. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but talking about how Republicans are, you know, twisting the narrative and and trying to kind of create their own truth about things. Um, There is some unfortunate news for anybody that likes to have, I don't know, I guess democracy. Um, The Supreme Court has backed out of any arguments related to political districting, uh, namely gerrymandering. Um, there, There have been several cases which have come up before the high courts and the Supreme Court and other federal courts are starting to say, this is not really something that is a constitutional issue. Mm. So we can't have a say in how places do political districting. districting, Right. So there's not a whole lot to say here um, other than, you know, you can expect an avalanche of bullshit redistricting to, you know, it's coming to your neighborhood, (laughs) you know, uh, all across this great nation. Uh, Republicans and Democrats alike are likely going to be drawing up schizophrenic maps in order to retain power, kind of regardless of how things have worked in the past. Maybe people are saying there's probably going to be kind of an arms race over it now that the Supreme Court has backed off. Oh, God. Um, I'll, I'll point this out that the uh, For the People Act, which is getting lobbied up in D.C., mm-hmm. it would address gerrymandering mm-hmm. and would make sure that it was not a possibility. Uh, but that's one that's more of like a wish list item than a to do list item when it comes to what's happening in D.C. Mm-hmm. It's not likely that's going to happen. We talked about uh, the filibuster what last week. And that's one of the reasons that this is likely to get nowhere is because the GOP would be able to filibuster it. There is no way that it would get a supermajority. Super yeah. So and because things are so narrow, like essentially evenly split. Mm-hmm. And that ties into the local news of, you know, the Texas Democrats that have all kind of fled the state going to DC lobbying for the, for the people act and everything else. And that's a whole nother load of shit. That's just kind of whatever. I don't really feel like covering it this week. Abbott is threatening to arrest them. If they step back and make them come in and do the special session that he's holding every fucking day, you know, or whatever. So, uh, make them vote remotely from their cells. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Um, but yeah, so all of that's kind of been going on too, and it's kind of some bullshit. So I guess, I don't know. I just put that one in another column for me to not care about talking about politics. Um, I 
maybe you wanted to mention the Gulf, the, the Gulf Stream is, of course, the uh, current of the oceans that goes all over the world, and it actually kind of helps balance and regulate temperature of the ocean and everything else, and uh, keeps, keeps everything moving, keeps everything ocean-like. Um, apparently, the force of it and the shape of it has been changing uh, in, in a bad way, and scientists are saying that, you know, the fear is that the Gulf Stream will collapse and that there will be no more current any longer um and if that happens and you start having more of a stagnant ocean uh for one thing um, ice caps will melt faster and you'll have a whole lot of sea levels rising all over um maybe more pronounced in certain areas because the way the gulf stream works to kind of like move the ocean around i don't know let me it's, ask you this why would the gulf stream collapse it's just another fucking part of climate change, man. That's oh. the thing is that I read a short article, but it didn't give a whole lot of in-depth on it. It has a lot to do with what we're doing to the oceans and with plastics and these like ocean, these flotillas of uh, refuse that are out on the ocean. They're disrupting it. Yeah. And then all of the uh, probably generating heat boats too. and submarines and everything else. Yeah. And we're, we're changing the temperature of the ocean all over the place. So the Gulf Stream can't really be the same regulator that it used to be because uh, the temperatures are changing. And the Gulf Stream is hot versus the cold water that it flows through. Is that is that correct? My understanding is that, uh, is yeah, it it's... There's two of them, right? No, there's pretty much one, but okay. you, can, you can find that the waters on either side of wherever the Gulf Stream is can vary quite a bit. Um, and you'll have colder water and then the Gulf Stream and then warmer water. And it kind of helps to separate them and keep them in their place, which keeps a balance to the ocean's temperatures and keeps right. things like the ice caps nice and chill. I had and a... keeps warm warm waters where warm waters belong. There was a hot sailor uh, that, that I hung around for a minute uh, mm-hmm. who explained the Gulf Stream to me years ago, but I think I was too busy looking at his baby blues. Mm. His, his, those were his dress shoes, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, so uh, a thing that I, I found, <laughs> I don't want to say more interesting, but uh, th- that I did read into more and I wanted to talk about more was um, this uh, ranch that I found out about in Colorado. Uh, it's a ranch called the Tenacious Unicorn Ranch, right? Cute. It's a self-sufficient sanctuary for trans and queer people. Um, they have a bunch of alpaca, sheeps, ducks, chickens, dogs, cats, you know, all that ranch stuff, and uh, also a fair-sized arsenal to protect themselves, um, which is easy to imagine because not everyone, especially in that area of Colorado, is, you know, cool. They're not, they're not chill people. There's a fair amount of Oath Keepers and Three Percenters and, you know, uh, a lot of conservative I'd like to think that most of those Colorado uh, Gondon land rights nuts would be more a live and let live type. Like, oh, y'all got your queer commune over there. Well. We've got ours. Uh, we shouldn't have to go to war with each other as long as you we would, stay on the right side of the property line. You would kind of think that. Keep your ducks on your side too, bitches. At some point last year, uh, there was a uh, a parade that got canceled in a nearby town because of the pandemic. But then a little bit after that, there was uh, some other kind of rally, and uh, and it was it was mega thick, right? And uh, one of the people from this ranch, I'm not sure exactly who it was, said something on uh, Facebook about, wow, it looks like there's some straight up Nazis here, you know, uh, supporting the Republicans. Way to go, y'all. And 
I'm sure that was true. I'm sure it probably it was checks true. out. So that began um, an online campaign of uh, harassment and threats uh, from people in the area against Tenacious Unicorn Ranch, and they were they were saying you know that they were going to burn their ranch down and you know take all their guns away and. You know, people were saying some pretty foul shit to him, right? So people were following him around, uh, which, you know, long country roads, there's no real reason to be following around somebody for miles and miles. And on March 5th, two groups uh, tried approaching the property in the middle of the night. Uh, but the ranch does has night watch shifts, so nothing came of it, fortunately. So Tenacious Unicorn Ranch was founded by Penny Logue, a trans-anarchist army veteran. And uh, over the past couple of years, it's become apparent that local law enforcement can't be trusted. Uh, the local sheriff has spoke at uh, Oath Keeper rallies and has also done a bad job at, you know, presenting uh, this ranch to the media and has said some pretty fucked up shit about it. This is deep, deep MAGA country, like I said. Uh, it sounds to me like it's kind of a hotbed of conservative terrorists, honestly, when, you, you know, your law enforcement's going to be in on it and everything else. You have your Oath Keepers and your three percenters and all of that good shit yeah we're all about living that lifestyle but you have to be the right kind of person Mm. um you can't be trans you can't be black right um and and have all those guns uh Mm -hmm. and protect your property um right we don't we don't like that uh but if you're a certain kind of white person then this is the correct lifestyle to live yeah after that incident in March was noticed, uh, along came an outpouring of support. Uh, people from all over the country and uh, there in Colorado went over to offer assistance in the form of security, uh, extra shifts. They would give them gear like cameras and stuff to help build better fences and people just helping out. Um, Penny said she was surprised and humbled by all of it, you know, uh, but they did have to turn away some boogaloos. She kind of, she kind of, some boogaloos were like, Hey, we'll help. And Penny yeah. was like, Ooh, um. well, she was, she apparently in the, in the interview, she like shrugged and said, it's a nice gesture, but no, <laughs> you know, um, there's, so there's a really good article, um, on it. Uh, if you want more details, it's on, um, this, uh, it's like mail magazine dispatches from the manosphere. Here's the other part that I'm going to bring up. This magazine was started by Dollar Shave Club, and it was <laughs> it was meant to be a man's lifestyle magazine that kind of challenged the norms around masculinity. Mm-hmm. And so from its very inception, they did want to include a lot of queer voices and trans voices, and they wanted to kind of like really bring about a 21st century understanding of masculinity and people being open with their emotions about being men. Mm-hmm. So it's actually pretty cool sound of magazine they're the ones that ran the article on this uh that's mel is all it's called um yeah so go go read up on that it's got a little bit more it's got some interviews and everything yeah i'll do that i i thought it was uh really cool just to i mean hear about all of it uh you know they do a lot of uh different local work they do various jobs around in the area around a kind of mutual aid style with other people that have ranches and um and also like i say they're they they're described as a sanctuary for queer and trans people that you can go and live and work there. Uh, there were people that said that they didn't have, they were in New York and trying to transition and didn't have any network there. And they went to Colorado and found this massive network and, and group of people that were there to help them out. Oh, that's um, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I, I personally also like to see that, uh, you know, that, that challenging of the stereotype that, you know, anybody who's not a Republican is, 
you know, uh, anti-gun and, you know, anti all of these things. I actually really like to see it Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. I really like to see socialists and anarchists and people that are not really politically aligned, maybe even are like, no, yeah, you can have guns. I got them too. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's nice to hear about. So the nature's unicorn. So, um, here we are, uh, last bit, uh, we got some more future hacks. So bearing in mind that, uh, we, we are in the slow decline now to the collapse of civilization. It's time for everybody to kind of just gear up, be prepared, learn some new skills and know what kind of world you might be facing, uh, you know, in the future. So I've got a few things that I wanted to bring up. I hope everybody's making lists because uh, this is super important stuff. Pen and paper, everyone. Um, yeah, water collection. That's going to be a big thing. Um, obviously, you know, you can get uh, rain barrels and things like that. That's highly recommended. You could. We had talked a couple of days ago about a system of buckets and uh, hoses that would just be like on the roof of the house. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a thought, you know. Um, 
also, you know, reusing your water, making sure that you're using the kind of things that you can reuse. Like you can, uh, if you're using the right kind of soap and everything with your potable water, it's now becoming a decent gray water that you can still like water your garden with for all those uh, vegetables and, and everything that you're going to need. The roof of the the roof of the house is not going to support a very large cistern. Um, however, uh, yeah, pumps and suction, solar powered pumps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you could definitely sort of pump it up and then still enjoy your hot shower. I sure, think sure. that is coming instead of having to bathe in a basin. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, sorry, continue. How to use a knife? Um, that one's actually pretty simple. They're kind of a it's kind pointy of pointy and point out. And, point and click uh, technology, you know, point and stab, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah, but just to say that it's going to be an important skill. And know that there are a, there are a big variety of knives out there. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is so hoarse right now. <coughs> hey, Joe, you want to try to get some fishing in uh, over there on Lake Michigan? Maybe. If we end up in Michigan at some undisclosed point. Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't want to do your fishing on Lake Erie. Uh, at least the last time I was there, that, uh, that's, that's how you get mutants. It's spooky. Yeah. It's ghost fish. <laughs> um, yeah, but, uh, learn how to use a knife and you bring up fishing. Uh, you'll need to, need to be able to, uh, clean and gut your fish or whatever kind of game. You, you know, know how to do that, Joe. Um, I've done it with fish before, but it's been a while. I don't have one of those uh, gutting knives anymore, um, but I can get one. Um, we'll also, be, we'll, probably won't, we'll have to check that in the luggage on the way back. No, yeah, probably. If, if we end up at an undisclosed time uh, yeah. in Michigan. Also, you know, you could try try your hand at making your own knives and everything. That'll be crafty. Um, <laughs> uh, just try to make your own knives. Are we talking about a shiv here? Or are we actually going to? No, no. I mean like metal Molten work. metal. Metal work. Yeah. So, which brings me to my next point. Uh, stockpile gold and yes, silver. of course. Because that shit is going to take your arts and crafts game to a whole Nava level. That's where it's at. Yeah. Whenever you're able to kind of like make your own knives and then kind of like make these, you know, you can make your own crown. De- declare decorative inlays. King of your own fucking yard or yeah. whatever. Um. That stuff is going to be, I mean, let's say let's, they're rare metals. Mm-hmm. They will still be rare. They won't be worth anything financially. That's fine. But they will make you talk of the town. Um, so make sure you know how to use a knife to defend yourself make from sure all the people that are coming you know, to steal all your arts and crafts. You know how to mold your teeth and make your own grill. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. something you're going to need to do for yourself in yeah, the future. Yeah. No, yeah. So another thing, uh, body modding. I imagine it's going to be super hot, right? Uh, people are going to figure out ways to kind of start doing body mods. I don't know, putting putting knives in their hands. You yeah. know, putting putting uh, gun, gun silver arms. silver plates uh, underneath the skin of their torso to provide a shield over their rib cage. Right. You know, people. I I would want to say the your BBLs. Don't worry about. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about uh like electronic components they'll be trying to become uh a, an android or a cyborg or whatever uh, we don't but, need to worry about that right away no that's, can, that's for decades to come yeah you can start armoring yourself the human body is going to need to learn how to cope with metals being on the inside of it like large amounts of metals mm-hmm. being on the inside of it as protection uh and then you know later once we start getting the the ant technology really off the ground, then you can start making the the cybernetic components mm-hmm. to then you know really kind of trick out your 
your your cyberpunk body. Well, I'll tell you what else. I'm really interested to see uh, what we are able to do with CRISPR. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. So, I mean, I would imagine that there's a guy in a garage that's hidden in some urban decay. Yeah. You would go to him, uh, give him um, uh, whatever the currency of the moment would be. Right. And he would be able to alter your DNA so that you can better survive in this uh, post-apocalyptic environment. I mean, we're not there yeah, yet, yeah. but it's coming. Yeah. When so, there are no rules, no laws. Right. So for right now, donate your money while it's still worth something. Donate it to CRISPR to make sure they're going to be good and set up. Um, that, and then also, I would say this, once CRISPR's going, um, while maybe it's still working on some smaller scale things, here's going to be my quick recommendations silent chickens because we got chickens chickens are great they'll eat bugs and random shit and dirt and they turn it into eggs which is great but if you're kind of in a situation where you're like you know living in this house and, and having this stealthy garden and i don't like and the farm, this is going at all you're just going to need silent chickens they draw too much attention oh, but we could start breeding the chickens to be silent but if you're suggesting removing the head no, and an, I'm suggesting um, using allowing... CRISPR to breed to. Okay. No, yeah. Hey, man, you you went with uh, genetic modification, and I was I was just yes anding that. Okay, thank with God. Chickens, because we're not doing that. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna cut the heads off the chickens. Oh, Jesus. Then you got to feed them with eyedroppers. Right. That's that's too much. <clears throat> I mean, you know. This went to a dark place. Animal cruelty. It's not where I intended to take it's it. Not and where I, I apologize. To take it. Yeah. I think uh, the last thing that I that I had come across for this week in thinking about it, uh, new gods. I think that it's a it's a grand time for some new gods. It's about time. Yeah, um, feel free to obviously look to history for a little bit of uh, inspiration. I'm going to say maybe not recent history. No Abrahamic stuff. It's had its time. It's not working out, and that stuff is just boring. It's fucking old hat, but. Uh, yeah, look around at maybe some of the smaller, lesser-known uh, beliefs uh, of the world. If you if you want to bring up Baba Yaga and make that, that's going to be your thing. Listen, Joe, I'm I'm a little offended, and I have to tell you that if if me and my neighbors want to pool our gold mm-hmm. and build a, a calf, mm-hmm. uh, I don't uh, and worship it. Okay, I don't see how that's any concern of yours. Oh no, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying as an example. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, uh, I would also say, I would recommend whole cloth new gods. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, history tends to repeat itself and I, I don't want, I don't think that we should fall into that same trap of the, the kind of gods that we've been fucking with for the last, I don't know, thousands and thousands of years. I think it's time for some new apocalypse gods. Hey, in, um, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Mm-hmm. What were his new gods? Uh, there was there's know, a god of there's sort of a snotty god of technology I think played by Dudley Weasley. Yeah, Weasley. Yeah. Um, uh, I feel like who was great. TV uh, was kind of like its own god, right? Like there was a god of like media. Um, there was a god of media. I want to say there was a god of vanity or like artifice or some shit. Well, I think all of those things are going to be pretty relevant in the future, so I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend those. You're going to need a god for your potatoes. Know what I mean? I don't think it was. Did I? I even said Dudley Weasley. Let's. It would be Dudley Dursley. <laughs> Can we just cut that whole thing? Dursley Weasley. Dur- 
Okay, Technical Boy, the God of Technology. Technical Boy, that's okay. Uh, there was Media, played by the great Jillian Anderson. Um, she was great. Mr. World, the leader of the gods, a personification of both globalization and the belief in a shadow power secretly ruling everything. Mm-hmm. The man behind the men behind the men. <laughs> Money. Money was a new god. Uh, makes sense. Uh, the caretaker and Mr. Town are agents of Black Briar, representation of numerous American conspiracy theories about secret government projects and the existence of an unofficial organization involving said projects. Uh, there's also Mr. Town tells Shadow that he works for the gods who, quote, gave us penicillin and a streaming porn and aircraft car- Sorry, who gave us penicillin and streaming porn and aircraft carriers that circle the globe. So that could be one of the... Hmm. aforementioned new gods yeah but i mean those are all options those are all options yeah yeah so yeah there's uh there's uh some more future hacks for you for this week well uh, i think that's about it that's uh all that i care to talk about yeah i'm done yeah so thanks everybody for tuning in uh give some quick shout outs thanks to kvsr for having us on the network go check out everything else on kvsr it's in your radio app uh, there's a couple of podcasters us and uh plow and hose and maybe another on the way not sure and uh thanks to trevor Wren and the mental state fair for giving us the use of that theme song dying in texas and thanks to alex of the spectrostatic for a lot of the interstitials and stuff you'll hear in there also um yeah thanks mostly to you the like five people that listen i love each and every one of you yeah uh, we're going to be doing a, a special episode next week while we uh, do some big long-term stuff that's going to be waiting in the wings. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're trying our best to be on a regular schedule now that we got that our recording system set back up. Until next time. Until next time. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Sit down.